A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm reporting now, Josh Brown. I did think after many, many weeks of us going back and forth on what the living hell we should call this thing. Um, I think we should be called the Justice League. But when I say that, I mean the Just Us League. The Justice League. You know what oh, I mean? It works so much better written down than it does saying it out loud. The Just Us League. Zack Snyder's League. Just Us League. Yeah. No, I, did I, mean, do quite little, good. I did do a little hashtag. Um, so I'm so used to using hashtag in a banter sense, but I did an actual hashtag search. Um, to see if the Justice League existed with that spelling. Um, and it, there is a few little things, but I can't tell if it's people spelling it wrong, but I don't think that it's, I don't think it's a thing. So from now on, you know, we, the news lads is dead and gone. <clears throat> Maybe from now on, we're just the Justice League. Well, um, it will depend whatever different uh, issues we have to tackle. Um, but yes, I'm Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Probably should have said that ages ago. Hello, Josh Brown. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Thank you. I'm doing even better now because it's just the two of us league. You know what I mean? Hey, it's really good. Enjoying that's very that good. It's uh, yeah, I mean, I'm rising to the occasion. They're very good. So yeah, I thought we would um, we would talk about It Takes Two and the other different games that we've been playing. We continue to go slightly insane um, playing. I mean, I'm playing God of War on the PSP like an absolute lunatic and you've been buying up a bit of Borderlands 3. But there's also <laughs> new things. Uh, we thought we'd dive into the first new game since Hitman 3. Um, we've got a bit of Monster Hunter Rise to come and It Takes Two um, from your friend of mine, Joseph Farris, never met him, but he sounds cool. But I thought we should talk about It Takes Two. Um, I like this a lot. I thought that I wasn't expecting it to be like a full-on platformer. Like it's actually like quite surprisingly challenging. It is just, you know, you've got an air dash and you've got these different, um, you know, tag team moves that you're going to have to do because you're playing in split screen. Um, yeah, I didn't expect it to be as quite tough. Like, I mean, it's uh, when you... Like, yeah, one of the, I'll describe one of the boss battles in a bit, but like we, me and my wife died a few times trying to get through it. Um, yeah. And I think that's mainly because like we don't necessarily both play 3D platformers as much. I do. Um, but yeah, that was the whole thing. I was just like, man, he's made a proper video game. It's not as handholdy as like a way out. Definitely. That was like the big surprise. You know, I was looking forward to it quite a lot, but I didn't mm. expect how mechanically engaging it was going to be because it mm. is a lot of fun. Like the different, you know, I'm going to stress that I've not finished it. I'm only like three hours in maybe so there's still a lot to come but the amount of variety in what you're doing is like was so surprising and so Mm -hmm. cool the fact that each level has its own kind of like individual theme and once again joseph farris is using the co-op concept to make you actually work (coughs) together and the mechanics are built around you know two people having complementary abilities like it's just it feels good to play i Mm. i I, right i don't know about you but i judge every game by how good its jump button is i was gonna say it takes two has a really good jump button yeah, every game that has a double jump and an air dash. There's no, there's, yeah. I, I ask the world to prove me wrong. There's not a single bad game with an air dash. 
I, I fully agree. Like, if you get a double jump and an air dash, you know you're in like <laughs> golden territory. Nah, man. Like the the look of it's beautiful. Like it's going for this mm. kind of really, um, you know, kid friendly, like almost Pixar esque like art style. I like the setting. You know, taking what is ultimately like this domestic and. Um, you know, location, you're literally in like the, you start off in the family house, you're in like the, the shed or the barn or mm. whatever, and you're, you know, interacting with these um, tools that are being brought to life. You're interacting with a book that can talk. And oh my God, it, the book. it all works. We'll get it back to the book, but it's, it's a thing. Yeah, totally. Like it, it's funny as well. Like, you, you know, the book in particular, but it's, uh, <laughs> I, I, at first I thought some of the voice acting might have been a little bit off or maybe the right. uh, writing was a little bit off, but I've been mean, one round to its charm, like fully. And it's just mm-hmm. like going back to what we said at the beginning of this point, it's just the fact that it is so fun to play and it feels so good. And I did had the same reaction where I was like, oh, he's not just made a really interesting concept or a really interesting story. He's made a bona fide video game, which sounds like <laughs> it's faint praise, but it feels like it was made with more money and more people mm. than it probably was, if that makes sense. The thing is, I, I when I was playing it, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie, like Hideo Kojima has not delivered for me in a while. And I, I was playing It Takes Two and I was just thinking of like, yeah, Joseph Farris. I was like, dude did Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, did A Way Out, and now he's done this. And he's, you know, doing this under the umbrella of EA, like EA are publishing, uh, like you know, footing the bill through their EA Originals thing. And I was like, maybe, maybe we've been wrong for years. Maybe the actual true messiah is Joseph Farris. Maybe he's the dude with the incredible concepts who's rethinking the way we think of games and all that kind of stuff. Because actually, we should super quickly clarify that the It Takes Two as a game is this sort of story-based thing where it's this girl whose parents are going through a divorce um, and she's like very crafty. She makes these two little uh, dolls um, to play with that she's sort of modeled after her parents anyway. Um, but then because of the divorce stuff, she ends up crying on them, um, which transfers her parents' souls into the dolls. And that's why it's, it becomes this sort of split-screen platformer thing because the two of you are trying to get through all these different obstacles, like you said, um, you know, taking place in different parts of the house. And I th- I'm assuming you go outside. I'm assuming there's way more than being mm-hmm. stuck in the shed. Um, because I've beaten two of the boss battles. I feel like I played like, I don't know, about an hour or so. Um, but all of that was stuck inside the, the shed kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the different characters and everything, and like I've said about um Joseph Farris, like the way that he approaches co-op gameplay, the way that he thinks of co-op mechanics, I haven't seen that in anything else. Um, like yeah. there was one bit where uh, player one who's I was playing as the dude, lol. And uh, but in that thing, like I was given like a bunch of nails to throw into a wall, and then my wife had to jump across and swing on those nails because yes. they were making makeshift, um, you know, like um, swinging pole things to jump from. And there's also you do the same thing where you're pinning platforms into the wall, like you're sort of making these gauntlets for your partner to do. And I just, unless I'm missing something, I don't think any other game has ever done that. Like in your sort of, you're like, you know, being intertwined in that way. And obviously thematically it's because they need to learn to work together because they don't need to actually have a divorce and whatever. And I don't know if the story is going to be that predictable or not. Um, but yeah, what did you think of like the, like the literal mechanic side of it? Did you have like this weird Joseph Farris is actually, he's doing some stuff style <laughs> well, re- reaction I did? I got that with um, A Way Out because we mm. when that came out like two years ago or whatever, like that was doing like similar that. things where, you know, even though each player gets their own satisfying and enjoyable um, experience where they're in control and they have a lot of agency, like Joseph Ferris forces you to work with whoever you're playing with. It's not mm. a case like co-op in Borderlands or something, for instance, where you're just both playing the same game, but almost it's almost like you might as well not be there together. You're just kind of experiencing it at the same time, but mm. you don't, you aren't forced to, you know, cooperate in the same way you are here. And those kind of, 
you know, interlinking mechanics. I just think it's so enjoyable. Like you said, that moment where you are throwing across the um, the nails and the other person's like swinging on them with the hammerhead and stuff. Like it's so satisfying to sync those up and you have a lot of fun with whoever you're playing with. Mm. And I just love that he's embracing like couch co-op specifically. Of course you can play online and I'm sure it'll be just as good as, as it is locally. It would still but... be online, I think. Like, think? Like some of the, mm. Yeah, because I think some of the fun of it is that like in-person energy of just like, well, I'm going to do this and then you're going to do that and I'm going to I'm going to say jump and you're going to jump and I'm going to catch you and do whatever. I, I mean, maybe all that would work online, but like, I mean, I went through a way out with my wife as well. And I know that yeah. like, I think you played through both with your girlfriend and stuff. So it's like, we have yeah. that connection. I think that's the thing that bolsters it a bit. Yeah, totally. There is that. I mean, you, I think you could get that online with he, with like a headset and stuff, but I think mm. a way out kind of like lent into more of the local style a bit more because you had the actual split screen and the way he directed scenes in a way out, like mm. used the split screen, like the literal split in the screen of um, that divide between player one and player two to make for dynamic shots and to change the composition of what you were seeing. And, you know, it very much kind of, comp- not complimented, improved if you had someone right next to you, whereas this kind of dials that stuff back, but doesn't dial back the co-op nature of it. And like you said, yeah, you know, playing it with someone and having a laugh with them and, you know, actually getting to the end of these levels through this cooperation. It's just, it's just like an element of joy that so many yeah. games have kind of like moved away from since, you know, we don't get like games that are purely fun to play with someone else like this you know and i love mm. that you know to their credit ea is continuing to bankroll this stuff and release it because it does remind I you of, like... i don't want to be one of those old men who was like remember how games used to be boys but remember how games used to be it used well, to be the, all the time that's the thing because you think of all these big top tier publishers the eas the um, the gearboxes like the 2ks the warner brothers who are very money focused and their reputations have become that you couldn't imagine them putting money into something that is so completely joyous, completely creative, doesn't necessarily feel like it cares about making its budget back. I assume and hope that it will, but it doesn't have those quote unquote hashtag bankable elements that a lot of these bigger um, publishing uh, releases do. And it's just really weird because for whatever reason, Faris has been able to do like, you know, a way out was with EA Originals. Um, I think EA Originals also did Unravel um, as well. That was one of their first yeah. ones. Um, and then now they've like done this. So it's like, they're getting more accomplished. Like this, like visually this game's gorgeous. Like there is a PS4 version, but I've been playing on PS5 and a lot of the lighting, the texture modeling and like, you know, it, it looks really good. Um, or at least I think it like, it stands out and stuff. But yeah, like it is a very fun, joyous platformer from one of the most hideous publishers in the industry who like, <laughs> but it's being, it is channeled through this like conduit. I mean, I remember when Joseph Farris just after a way out um, shared a, a picture of a napkin sketch. He was like, oh, I'm already working on my next game. And then obviously it's become this. And I feel like that's the thing that makes me just kind of like stand by him as a creator. Like, like I said, when I'm playing the levels and I'm like, no one's thought of this yet, even though it's not necessarily breaking the mold, but I feel like no one's done dedicated co-op elements, maybe because they moved away from it, maybe because we all went online, but it's just, I don't know. There was just, there was a, there was a feeling of like an auto, like a, an ownership to this that I haven't felt from, especially from an EA game in a long time, um, you know, or from like a, that sort of mid tier between like indie and, and top tier stuff. Yeah, definitely, because that like that middle tier, like you said, just sort of fell away in the yeah. 2010s, you know, and it hasn't really come back. So I love to see games like this that are as, you know, satisfying as this, because like you said, it almost reminds me of, you know, when you played Uncharted 4 for the first time mm-hmm. and you did those puzzles with like the, the 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 like the rope and you could actually, instead of having to press the button to tie it around a tree, you just walked uh, around yeah. the tree and then you could tie it off like that. There was a level of interaction there that kind of hadn't been there before. And like you said, even though it takes two, I don't think just anything completely 
completely groundbreaking. It ups that level of interaction to the point mm. where it, it almost feels like you're doing something new because everything just so feels tactile. so natural. Yeah, mm. so tactile. And it feels like you're part of the world. And it completely pays off. I do want to ask, though, mm-hmm. you're playing it on PlayStation 5. I have to get the PlayStation 4 version because I don't have a second DualSense um, controller. Lame. So I'm, I'm playing it on my DualSense, but my girlfriend is playing it with the DualShock 4. So yes. we don't get any of those features, but are those features... Do they add that's, anything? That's interesting because, I, yeah, I mean, I, that's, I, had a, I had a beat where we were exploring through this um, specific place and I saw there was a bunch of glass bottles we had to break through and they all had reflections on. And my, like, weird <sighs> mind was like, oh, are they, is that ray tracing? Because they can do that on the PlayStation 5. And there was another bit where, like, some sunlight was coming through some shards in the environment, just, just like planks of wood. And there was, like, you know, like beams of light coming through. And the lighting just sort of struck in a way where I panned the camera and I just sort of stopped for a sec. Like, oh, that looks really good. Like, that actually looks quite gorgeous. Um, in a way that I wasn't expecting. I didn't necessarily expect it to prioritize aesthetics that way. And again, I was like, oh, I wonder, I think I literally said to my wife, like, I wonder what this looks like in on PS4, um, because it feels like a PS5 game in regards to the right. visuals. Um, I don't think there's haptic stuff in it. I haven't noticed it. Um, I did, it's a complete side note, right? But I did pay £10 for Tony Hawk's update because, because <laughs> I need to know. It's just the, it's the case, I, um, case I'm blessed with. And, uh, and I had to um, see that thing. That game now has haptics when you crash. Just if anyone's wondering what that game does for £10 of your time, of your money, um, the lighting's a bit better. And when you crash, the contr- the triggers lock up so you can't do stuff with them again. So I've just, I've just a little PSA, little little sort of public service <laughs> announcement. Probably not worth 10 quid, to be honest, um, but a little bit cleaner. But yeah, in terms of It Takes Two, um, I think it's mostly visual. I don't remember the haptics standing out very much. Like obviously you've got, you know, different levels of vibration on the, on the dual sense, but yeah, I still thought that like that stuff came together pretty well um, in regards to like the presentation and stuff. Um, let's talk about the book because throughout the whole, like as they're exploring, there's this book who I, my wife thought maybe was voiced by Joseph Farris, but it's definitely some other dude. Um, I would love it if it was Joseph Farris, to be honest. If it turns out to be him, that'd be awesome. But he's very like a, sort of like a car dealer, sort of like, hey, hey I've got you. Don't worry. Like, hey, let me, let me do this deal. Let me do this thing. And uh, he's this sort of like wisecracking um, I don't know, like trolling style book called The Book of Love. And he he's actually a little bit like Fernando Mont- Martinez from GTA, like from right, yeah. um, the old like um, radio stations and stuff. What do you think of him? Because I know that some people really hate that, how annoying he is. Whereas oh, I always really? love an annoying, I always love an annoying sidekick. So I'm, I'm always game for that. Me too. And I think for me, he turns up just the right amount of times to not be annoying. Mm. Like he's front loaded in the very first mission, but then afterwards he kind of just shows up now and again, you know, mm. at key points to deliver the moral of whatever the story is that <laughs> or he's, he's telling. Or he's just closing whatever. doors that you're trying to get through. He just likes trolling. <laughs> I like it. I think like the voice actor is charismatic enough to pull it off. I think the writing is funny enough and compelling enough to pull it off. And I think it's good to have him kind of be this kind of rogue element, you know, in the middle of the these two um, people who were just trying to get back to their bodies. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. I, like, like I said, I don't think it would be out of place in like a, a Pixar movie or anything like that to have this wacky, almost like sidekick character that, you know, if it was in a movie, you would get, you know, dolls, not dolls, like, you know, stuffed bear versions right. of like this book and everyone would buy it because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love them. I like, I, I, when I was playing it, I was just thinking, if I was a kid, I, I would love this game, you know, whether I was well, playing I, I with want a friend that or playing with a parent yeah. or whatever, like I would just, I would be having the time of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, because the, the, they use like like that, the, he's, there's a whole thing where like you're trying to get back to, I think your daughter's called Rose, you're trying to get back to her and you can see her in the distance, you're trying to run towards there and then like the that book of love dude gets in the way, he starts, he's sort of like, 
weirdly brings things to life. Like you said, there's like a hammer that comes to life. You've got to reunite it with its handle. He brings like a, a vacuum cleaner to life, which turns into like a boss fight. And it's just like this whole sort of this weird realm that you're stuck in, like with him. And it almost feels like a um, like a TV game show where he's like the host and you're going, you're going with him <laughs> on stuff. Um, but I think the writing between the, the parents are really good as well. Like there's a lot of like, oh my God, what the hell's going on? Like, okay, fine. I guess we'll have to do this. And I just, I feel like the overall, the presentation is just really, really strong. Um, and it's weird because I've I've seen a few people talk about it like at launch, like just being like, because it got it's reviewing insanely well. Um, and I just kind of want to like shout it out. Like I think that I like I'm I'm chuffed for Farah's, like obviously in regards to like, you know, this is is his third game under the banner of EA. Um, and just looking at what he's been able to do, like there is a through line of co-op mechanics from brothers to way out to this, but I just think this is like a next level thing. Like I feel like you can give this to yeah. anybody and recommend it. Yeah, totally. Like, I don't think it has, you know, for as much as I love the previous games, I think there were certain drawbacks in terms of the um, polish and finesse of some mm. of, like, say, the mechanics or, like, the shooting in A Way Out, for instance. Like, it yeah. very much kind of, like, showed that it wasn't this AAA title at that point. Mm. But here, like you said, from, like, beginning to end, I think it, it feels like a proper blockbuster production even if it is, you know, kind of, like, scaled down a touch. Like, nothing's, I, I at least, you know, again, I'm not I haven't finished it, but nothing at the moment feels like it's been sacrificed. I don't mm. feel like I'm seeing corners being cut. If anything, as I move from level to level, I'm just more impressed by the scope and scale of it than I yeah. you know, ever thought I was going to be. So super quickly as well, like, do you think that like narratively, like it'll it'll go the way that it seems to be going? Like the parents will learn to be together again? Or do you think that it'll be something more progressive or mature than that? I'm not I'm not sure. I think I think it has to kind of be not as cut and dry as that you know yeah. it, it depends who it's going for because i feel like you know the reality is like so many people go through um when the, when the children go through their parents breaking up and it's mm. never as easy of well if they just learned these lessons these video game lessons they'd get back together or it's not it's not as simple <laughs> as that real yeah. life is more complicated so i guess it depends on how how much they lean into the realities of it or how much they want a kind of um, storybook ending, I guess. I think you can probably fall somewhere in between where you can obviously still have a hopeful, like amicable mm. breakup that's kind of like stays true to the reality of, well, these people are drifting apart and mm. they're, you know, it's ultimately it's better for them individually to go their separate ways, but that doesn't mean you can't still have a loving family or whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think I, I would, would like hope there's it. something in there like that. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, at the very beginning when it was just like, obviously when you know, the kid's going to want them to stay together, but I, me, I don't know if it's a cynical adult mindset, but I was like, some people just don't need to be together. Like some people are better off apart if that's just the way that they've gone. And so I, my, at the very beginning, I was like, well, they're two adults who assumedly know what's best for them, but then they have to go through all this thing. So I, I would assume that because of the super high reviews and everything, that there is some other secret ingredient to this, like maybe the way that it all goes. Um, But I guess all the same, the way that A Way Out went, like not to spoil that game, but that... Um, that had threw your curveball towards the end and then sort of like, but did still play a lot into like action tropes and stuff. Like I think Farah's is someone who likes having fun with tropes. Like Brothers mm -hmm. is very uh, Tolkien and very like fantastical. And I don't know, I guess, yeah, he, he could sort of like play into those realms and it would still totally work for me. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, what culture gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. And speaking of things that totally work, you've been playing Sopranos, A Road to Redemption, I think. Well, I did not expect this to <laughs> go next. Yeah, I, I took a day off work. I took two days off work. One was just to play the Sopranos Road to Respect, a PlayStation Road to 2 respect, game that's the one. from like 2006, 2007. And you know what, Scott? I had go a on. bloody good time. I finished okay. it in two sittings. And as an adaptation of the TV show, it's actually very lo- lovingly crafted, you know? It, it, How does it stack up to um, the likes of the 24 game, the Prison Break game, or the Shield game, to name but Well, ooh, I mean, a lot of those games are pretty piss-poor, in my opinion. And this, in a lot of ways, is very piss-poor. You do the same thing throughout, which is just beating up people and slamming their heads into, like, fridges and stuff or toilets. And that's, that's all you do for the whole game. All you need. But... Outside of that, it, it looks proper impressive for a PlayStation 2 game. It does. Right. Like uh, Maybe it's because I'm playing it on like a HDMI cable for the first time and not the Scarlet lead. But like I was walking around these faithfully recreated um, locations from the, from the TV show. And I was just like, wow, I can finally explore them. I can do it. I can have a good time. I can go talk to Tony Soprano or Paulie Walnuts or whoever. And that <laughs> Paulie stuff. Paulie Walnuts? We, Paulie Walnuts. <laughs> You need to to watch The Sopranos, man, because you'll be introduced to people like Polly Walnuts, Big Pussy, everyone. Everyone. 
I could make a very horrible joke there and say I've already been introduced to Big Pussy. But in regards to The Sopranos, there's very much an in-joke here that everybody in the office, at least in some of the gaming channel threads, are watching The Sopranos all at once. I'm still not in that. I still know I haven't started it yet. But now that I know that Paulie Walnuts is in there, I'll, I'll be going running. You need to do it, man. The Sopranos is making a big comeback in 2020 and 2021. Mm. Like you said, everyone in the office is, is going through it. Now is the perfect time because then when we finally get to see each other again, I can give you Sopranos Road to Respect and you can play through it. We can finally have a good conversation about it. It made me miss licensed games in a big yes. way. I'll mm. tell you that. Well, Spider-Man kind of did that with me. And where I was just sort of like, like Miles Morales and stuff, where I was just sort of remembering, oh, yeah, we used to get a lot more tie-in stuff to whatever TV show of the time was doing the rounds or whatever movie was coming out. I think just like the changing budget sort of like wiped all those things out. But I'll, I mean, look, I'll take any chance to recommend The Mummy Demastered, but then the movie was terrible, so no one checked it out. But I'd still, take, I'd still love those things, to be real. Um, so have you tried anything else on your PlayStation 2 adapter or have you just been on The Sopranos? I was going through the Sopranos Road to Respect, and then I played a little bit of Return of the King and Lord of the Rings, obviously. Uh, I played a bit of Two Towers as well, because those games are just awesome. I tried to play the Phantom Menace Star Wars, right? Yes. But because my television doesn't recognize 240p resolution, it just won't boot it up. I can get the opening titles, but it won't let me play it, so I need to get some kind of really expensive adapter to make sure it works, which sucks. But yeah, the, the Lord of the Rings games, are they're, they're great fun. Let, like let's they put, still hold up. They're so satisfying. Let's put something to bed, right? Because for the longest time, the Lord of the Rings Two Towers versus Return of the King was the Pro Skater 2 versus Pro Skater 3 of its day, <laughs> which to be honest, was probably the same year. But would you, is it Two Towers or Return of the King definitively in 2021? Having played them both, it's yes. Return of the King for me. Is it, it Josh be. Brown? Because I was always a Two Towers man. Helm's, that Helm's Deep fight was always the way and I could never well, get away with everything else. It's, it's funny because if we're talking about movies, I'm a Two Towers guy every day of the week, and I'd rather have it over Return of the King. But when it comes to the video games, I just think Return of the King is, is, is a bit more polished and a bit more immediately engaging. I find, honestly, the Two Towers a bit too difficult for me, and I think that's why I don't um, dig it as much. I remember like very much being on a post-Matrix kick and just looking for slow-mo. Back, that's another thing that's gone away, slow-motion mode. When you can just put a game in slow-motion, put the whole thing in slow-motion, <laughs> loved it. Uh, Minority Report, slow-motion. But the um, that Lord of the Rings one, Two Towers had a slow-motion mode, and young me would just sit there for hours playing Helm's Deep in slow-motion, just watching legless pirouette round in super slow-mo. And I, don't, I think they took that out of Return of the King. But um, I yeah, I mean, that's, that's been a, a debate for the ages. But um, yeah, in regards to other stuff that we're playing, though, in terms of new things, um, but equally as valid, uh, Monster Hunter Rise, which is the <laughs> apparently has sold four million since last Friday, um, apparently been one million under uh, Monster Hunter World. But um, yeah, Rise is like the latest entry Monster Hunter series on the Switch, and um, with quite a lot of changes in regard. Well, no, not a lot, but like lots of little, some fun little like new mechanics, like things that you can dive on the monsters and just just have a big old kaiju fight if you want, like things that have never been in the series before that are ludicrously fun. And so like Monster Hunter as a series, I feel like has that sort of like there's always someone like me who loves it, who grew up with it, who's always recommending it to someone like you who's like, I just don't know where to begin, what the hell's going on <laughs> or whatever. So I thought like, let's just I'll just open the floor up. What, what are your what are your thoughts on Monster Hunter? Do you have any questions? How can I help you in this? I've time? got lots of questions, man, because I'm like a Monster Hunter novice in the purest, <laughs> purest sense. The only thing I know about it is from what i've gleaned from you or our okay. website doing videos and stuff like that like i forgot monster hunter rise was even coming out until the day oh. before and you were like josh monster hunter rise is coming out and i was like scott what's that and you're like it's the next installment of the monster hunter franchise and i was like cool 
Um, but I want to get into it. I do want to get into um, this latest game because I totally missed out on World. Like, oh. that just like flew me by over 100 hours in my friend well this is it i feel like it's too late to get to it now so now that the new hotness is out i need you to tell me why if if it is this is Mm. a good jumping on point for someone like me who hasn't (sighs) dabbled much before the thing is they've not it's still quite it's not that it's obfuscating but it is still quite awkward it would be the kind of thing i think i said this to you this morning but it's the kind of set of mechanics and menu systems and an overabundance of controls like the control scheme itself is kind of crazy complex but you do get your head around it it's those elements that i think a lot of old school fans or long-term fans would just call traditional and because there's always been a weird level of awkwardness with monster hunter like you're i mean you you can barely lock on like you have to go into the option you well if you tap L1 um, or, or L, I guess, on the Switch, um, it'll reframe the camera to show you the monster that you're targeting and then it'll disappear again. So it's like you're always lining up attacks. It's kind of like old school corridor crawling horror where it's a big mm. deal when you finally line up a shot. That's what becomes so insanely satisfying. And um, you can go in the options and turn on a proper lock on, um, but then you've got to pick like the height of the camera. It's just, it's not what it was, not the way it was meant to be played, but that idea of like lining up your shots and doing so with another set of hunters. In this case, you can have four players in total, um, all just going hot wild on some crazy beast or whatever um, you know one of you diving through the air the other one sort of trying to tie it to the ground um things like that and you're just sort of like you know the, the loop in monster hunter is the bigger the creature the thing that you you know the thing you're trying to take down maybe it's some unknown creature will then unlock a whole bunch of weapon different types of weapons um upgrades and different types of armor and armor upgrades so it just becomes this great loop of like go back to the hq and uh, with all your loot components and everything else see what you can smith see what different parts you've unlocked like maybe you need a an extra few bones from a small monster to make some extra you know dagger or something um, you know, or like, or take a quest for some giant T-Rex looking thing, go defeat that. And then you can make a giant blade from its jawbone or whatever. And so, and then you'd use that to go fight something even bigger and then you get even better spoils. And so it's, it's just like that. And a lot of people kind of reduce it to like this resource grind, but it's so insanely satisfying. I do think it's quite similar to Monster Hunter World in regards to the grind, um, which is fine. Like, I mean, like I said, I'm over a hundred hours in, it, like you said, um, feeling like you've kind of missed out on World. I would still totally say go play World as well. Um, like if you can, the, the new stuff in Rise is um, you have these things called wire bugs, I think they're called, which is kind of like a grappling hook so you can get around a bit faster. You can ping that twice when you're in midair so you can like redirect yourself. You can catch yourself in midair if you've been hit by a blast or whatever, recover and land properly. Um, and you, you you can burn those things to do like different special attacks too. So you have like better mm. access to kind of more over the top combos. Um, and like I said, you can ride the weapons, uh, or the, the enemies or whatever, once you get them on low enough health, once they're staggered enough. So like that stuff's all really fun. Like when it's sort of on the fly changes to like this kaiju thing or like, you know, maybe three of the boys are having to go trying to take down a, <laughs> an, the Anganath or whatever it is. Um, and you just come riding in on this giant, like crazy bear, like, all right, lads, I've got it running in from the side <laughs> and they just sort of charge in um, and do a few moves. And, you know, you get like a creature finisher if you do enough moves while you're on the back of something else. Um, all those mechanics make it ludicrously fun and like it performs insanely well on the switch like considering that it's up against you know the ssds on on the other two main systems there's very little loading in the whole thing um frame rate's very solid like even though complete chaos is kicking off um but yeah i mean it is this like kind of like unique series that has this really weird feel to combat but you do get used to it um i guess like have you seen other gameplay clips so far like what was the thing that put you off getting in back when world came out I think it was just because it felt like such an impenetrable series back then. Mm. Like I never had, well, I did have the consoles that the previous games released on, but like I just, they never really kind of like 
even appeared on my radar back then mm. like i didn't I, unless they were big dumb console games you know i, I rarely ever touched them you know what i mean <laughs> right. monster Hunter world was the first time it was on a big dumb console you know so yep, yep. when coming around this time to rise and i'm eager for a game to play on the switch mm. i think i'm gonna def- definitely get this one that's also what i said about world but at the current time there's not much else to play so once i finish borderlands 3 once i finish disco elysium i'm oh. going to jump into um rise i think because it sounds right. everything you're saying and everything people have said for what decades now and mm. um, sounds really appealing and i finally want to be able to jump in um to this latest edition where you could actually ride some of these beasts and <laughs> slap some boys you know it is i mean every time you go on a quest the it gives you a 50 minute timer you can go to environments free of time limits if you just want to explore or you want to mop up like you know you, like i said maybe you need like 20 medium bones from a certain type of creature you can just go hunting that for as long as you want but a lot of these specific uh quests are like 50 minutes long and you are running after a creature wailing on it um you know like attacking different parts of it getting different parts of it to break off and you're you know and then like but then it'll flee so you've got to like jump on your oh yeah that's another new thing is you have a dog in this called a palamute um and you can jump on that um which has a mario drift style uh speed boost when you go around corners with it you can like drift on it um and then it like boosts <laughs> out the corner again so you sort of like you're attacking a, you know a creature it flees um, you summon your dog, you sort of whistle for it, hop on there, burn after it, keep chasing down this creature, um, and eventually take it down over the course of, let's say, half an hour, 40 minutes. So it's always it's always really gratifying when you finally bring something down, especially if you've, you know, summoned other players in or all four of you have been chasing this thing. It's little moments where, like, a creature will flee and you and three others will just all call your dogs at once and just sort of be like, right, lads, right, we're all going, and you just, like, fly <laughs> after it all on the, the werewolves kind of thing um and just sort of like hacking away so when you finally bring something down everyone just gets out their little carving knives and just goes to town on this creature you're all getting the spoils of, of war kind of thing and then you're back to the hometown to sort of like okay what have i unlocked like what does this thing get me um you know inspecting that kind of way so yeah that is very much the monster hill monster hill monster hunter loop um which i think rise it does it does the loop as well as world did so you're not really you could totally go back on worlds and obviously you have the boost uh, the benefits of like you know playing on a bigger system and stuff but I like um, the traversal options, the Palamu, the, um, the the wire bug stuff, like um, easier access to your special moves, things like that. The only hump with Monster Hunter that I feel like everyone should know is that the combat feels weird because you're used to you're used to lock-ons, you're used to Z targeting, you're used to knowing where you're going to hit, and you can totally mm-hmm. if you if you're not spacing yourself and dodging and lining shots up, you'll just be hitting attack buttons and you'll literally just stay facing the wrong way, just attacking, <laughs> swinging, and the thing will be behind you. Um, and it's just you need to get used to dodging, lining back up. It's it's a really strange feel, kind of like a tank, kind of like sort of like aiming mm. a tank and moving and rotating and things like that. Um, but like I said, that means that when you do land some huge charged thing and you knock something's teeth flying and you go and pick it up and oh, I know I've got enough to unlock that next weapon or whatever, it feels great. So I would totally recommend it. Um, we should end very quickly on Cyberpunk 1.2's patch notes, um, of which there are apparently like 100 or something, because the 1.2 patches out very soon. Um, four things that I've picked from here, because um, CDPR still haven't given us a specific release date, but they did, like I said, like list all the patch notes and stuff. Um, super quick one-sentence thought. What's your what's your current thought on Cyberpunk before I read? Maybe maybe these will convince you. You never know. It's just, it's just cool. Cool. I mean... <laughs> I just want some, we, you know, we, we did a news it. video on it last week and I was just like, I just want some good news from now on. I, don't, right. I just want, you know, every single update to be positive and hopefully the game continues to improve. And Scott Elford, is this patch going to fix many of the problems? Well, it, it's definitely fixing a lot of problems. A lot of them are minor things. They're, um, they're fixing the police system. They're fixing, um, well, there's, that's the thing. There's, there's a handful, there's, 
you're going to want to sort of go in and look at the hundreds of different things that are there. These are some of the things that Kotaku picked out in regards to stuff that you might care about. Um, so clothing vendors now sell items more suitable for the location. Josh Brown, yes or no? Yes. Good. Big yes. Cat food, <laughs> cat food needed to adopt nibbles can now be bought at several food shops around Night City. Yes or no? None of those words are real. No. Don't know what that means. <laughs> Jackie no longer shouts nice shot when V kills enemies while in stealth mode. Yes or no? Nah, that's like getting rid of this um, wizard came from the moon, you know what I mean? In fact, I think that's <laughs> yeah, blasphemous. They did do that's that. such a meme at this point now. I want him to say nice shot when he's I in want, stealth. Give I want my, more fully voiced conversations while I'm in stealth. I just, just give, me, <laughs> give me that all day long. Last thing is they've fixed an issue where the urinary stream could still be visible after an NPC stopped peeing and moved away from the spot. Does that convince you or not? That's see, honestly, all you've told me right now is the getting rid of all of the funny ones. You've removed you know, the banner, yeah. Keep the funny ones. I want to see someone's <laughs> urination stream once they've zipped up. Like that's part it's part of the cyberpunk fun. I've me. not I've not delved into it deep enough to see whether they've removed naked bike riding yet, but that was a whole thing. The whole oh, team yeah. posing, getting getting your wang out, getting your stream on, and then flying down the main uh, drag in Night City. But I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, they still haven't set an actual release date for this. It was meant to be the end of March, so I guess that gives them a day, two days, whatever's two left days, of March. Yeah. And we'll, so we'll, we'll keep an eye out, but yeah, this is apparently the most recent, this will be the most recent patch, then there's going to be a big wait before whatever comes next, um, so we'll see. Um, but for now, this has been the Justice League. I've been Scott Taylor, joined by Josh Brown. Ah, goodbye, Scott. <laughs> goodbye. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.